For this fable footwork, I'll be talking to Selene Rue, who has an extraordinary list of achievements throughout her career. She'll be sharing her thoughts about unlocking creativity, the industry today, personal insights, and the positive power of self-belief and creativity. There are some very fascinating facts about Selene's career. She became the first international footwear design intern at Nike, hired by the infamous Aaron Cooper. Also, she became the first sneaker designer at Louis Vuitton. This is a two-year freelance contract which launched her independent career. She then went on to collaborate with global brands focusing on the juxtaposition between fashion and sports. Clients included McQueen, Golden Goose, Hummel and Clark's Originals. Selene also spent some time championing creativity as the artistic director of Italian luxury sneaker brand, Hogan. Selene was a partner and designer at Primary, an independent unisex sneaker brand. Selene introduced the concepts of responsible design and created some exciting concepts during her time there. Around the same time, Selene joined Timberland Construct, which was an incredible experience and re-inspired her to open up her collaborative aspects of design. She's also a contributor of renowned Concept Kicks Collective. Quite recently, she has decided to not only work with brands and people that share her own values, Selene operates out of London as a design consultant, and her current highlight is being the creative director of Circle Sportswear, a circular running and yoga startup for men and women. Only available in France right now, a very exciting venture, working more in innovation and collaboration. Her role as creative lead is to tell a story from product to brand, not only satisfied with predicting the future, but trying to invent it. Okay, welcome to Lane Roo. Um, could you give us a little bit of backstory behind your experience today? And um, thank you very much for doing the show. Yeah, tell everyone about yourself. Okay, well, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Solène Roo, or Roar, like a like a lion's roar. Uh, <laughs> but so uh, I have uh, 15 years of experience uh, working as a footwear and accessory designer, and more recently as a creative director. And uh, I think I have quite a, a unique experience, uh, quite of a roller coaster career. Um, I specialize in sort of the gap between sports and fashion, and the gap between sort of menswear and womenswear. And uh, yeah, it's uh, where should I start? There's there's a lot of things to say, but mainly uh, I've uh, I've worked uh, for big brands like Nike and Puma in-house. Uh, then I I became a freelancer uh, in 2011, and my first client was Louis Vuitton. I I was told I was their first ever uh, sneaker designer, and from then on. I've been freelancing for brands like uh, Alexander McQueen, Hussein Shalayan on the fashion uh, side of things, and for like uh, Hummel, uh, Clark's Originals. Uh, I even started a brand with uh, some partners called Primary. Um, and I've just uh, been doing lots and lots of really cool projects. Uh, in 2019, I was creative director of the brand Hogan, owned by Todd's. And uh, since then, I've been focusing uh, on working with more sustainably minded brands that are also a little bit more ethical and just have values closer to my to my heart uh, which means that I work with startups uh, right now and uh, and I try to work with bigger brands on sort of changing their ways uh, and so yeah the main thing I'm doing right now is working for a startup called Circle Sportswear as a creative director we don't make shoes yet but uh, we make uh, technical apparel for running and yoga for men and women uh, in circular economy which we can talk about a little bit more later if 
you want. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's a, a pretty extraordinary list of achievements and a employment um, career path. So it's amazing to have you um, talking about your experience and, and what you're currently up to. Um, and I think in sort of speaking to you before, what makes your story even more compelling is the things that you sort of have, have overcome in your career to get to where you are today. So, yeah, thanks for giving us a little bit of um, an outline to, to your history and your narrative. So I, I just wanted to ask you off the bat, really, um, when working in the footwear industry, it can feel a little bit oxymoronic putting sort of reduce, recycle, reuse and applying it to sort of business and personal practice. What's your personal experience around this? I personally find it sometimes a little bit sort of conflicting. But it's, Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And uh, I am far from perfect. Um, I think uh, on both professional and personal side, it's, it's step by step, uh, you know, trying to create habits. Habits don't happen overnight. Uh, and, you know, putting in place be- best practices is a process that you have to repeat and, and work on. Um, we'll focus more, I think, on, on the professional, uh, you know, uh, side of things. Um, I've, it's it's always, I've been quite always an essentialist designer. I've always wanted to design things that people will wear. Yeah. Uh, not, not more, not really on the sculptural side of things, although there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, so now I'm trying to apply this to my consumption. Also, just, you know, be a more responsible consumer. Uh, and by essentialist, I mean, I've always wanted to design product that, you know, first give people freedom to achieve their goals, keep yeah. them comfortable, but also keep them engaged and, you know, and happy because there's a little bit of art and, and, and uh, poetic storytelling in the product they buy. Uh, but also that takes them uh, from day to night, you know, product that they can wear for a long time in a lot of situations. So that's a way to be sustainable, you know, create products that aren't just frivolous. Um, and then uh, a way to be more sustainable is I started to say no to projects that didn't feel right. Uh, and so I took a little bit of a financial sacrifice there to, to try to practice what I preach. I think that it's difficult with sustainability because it can come across as a creative killer a lot of the burden is placed on designer to come up with like great solutions but uh, a way to to practice sustainability is to uh, work more collaboratively and and just you know do things step by step not be perfect from the beginning you know try to incorporate sustainable practices here and there starting with the easy ones like materials and then maybe the second step is like okay you've got stable materials you need to double check with your suppliers that they really are sustainable or what it means that they're sustainable um, and uh, it's it's quite complicated being a more sustainable or ethical designer is essentially more work yeah. uh, but in a world where it's easier to create new stuff more than ever there's more responsibility to be responsible no absolutely I think um, you know you do need that harmonization across um, separate individuals and organizations I think there's multi-stakeholders across um, businesses that need to sort of shoulder the responsibility to make these things real yeah. um i'd even go as further to say you know outside businesses you know what roles could governments and international inter- institutions play as a sort For of sure. effective control within industries i know there's sort of loads of governing bodies as well that play a part in initiatives within sort of um, footwear working groups and stuff to to govern stuff i guess whilst navigating through this um, challenging territory do you think there's enough um initiative and certifications and activism um in response to to fashion's impact on the planet 
No, there's not. And you're right, like governments and laws need to happen and they need to be clear laws because that's the only way things are going to change. Uh, right now, there is so much greenwashing out there uh, because there's no consequences. So I understand why businesses will, you know, spread false information or partially true information or massage the truth when it comes to sustainability, uh, because there's definitely a shift. Consumers, uh, people are more interested in, in being better uh, consumers, better citizens of the world, uh, but they're being lied to. It's, it's extremely complicated. And, yeah. and another thing I'll side of you know governments is that sustainability needs to be a good business if sustainability starts equaling uh, starts meaning money then everybody is going to get on board so uh, you know outside of governments uh, penalizing people who are doing the wrong thing it's also about rewarding uh, brands that are doing the right thing uh, there needs to be more incentive because again just as little designers trying to make uh, uh, our little business going there's only so much we can do yeah uh, and also it depends on the voice we have you know uh, i really think also that celebrities uh, who are more and more doing uh, brands and, and releasing products product out there they need to be a voice and an example for sustainability uh and and because they have such a power and also they have a power to influence governments so uh yeah and just spreading the words on every level is very important no i mean this might be a um, perfect way to sort of talk about what you're currently doing at circle sportswear mm-hmm. you know obviously footwear is very complex because it's made of so many materials in terms of um sort of recycling and can be very expensive because they're not sort of made up of mono material tell us a little bit about what you're sort of doing at at circle sportswear so with circle we're doing apparel right now which is so much easier than footwear because with apparel you know all the elements are visible unlike in footwear where there's a lot of hidden things yeah Uh, and i think the industry is a little bit less secretive um so what we're doing is we're developing technical sportswear like uh, for running and yoga in circular economy so circular uh, product just kind of means cradle to cradle. You know, when you make a T-shirt and then at the end of the life, you made a new, you make a new T-shirt out of it. Mm-hmm. It's actually very hard to do that. It's a great uh, way to do storytelling. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, when you create a material and you recycle it, often the material is of lesser quality. So it's, it's very hard to create this loop. So meanwhile... Uh, As we try to work towards this loop, uh, we do what we call circular economy, which is more of a holistic way of doing design, meaning that all through the process, you just you do your best to choose the best practices to uh, to bring product uh, to the people. So we practice essentialism. So we only design things that are essential. Yeah, it doesn't mean that they have to be boring. It's, It's a process. We will we try to infuse storytelling in the product. Uh, we work with our community and we have a community of ambassadors to tell us what is needed. So when we design product, we have questionnaires we send out to them to ask them like what what is really needed. We work with, obviously, um, uh, we have a sustainability innovation material source sourcing director. <laughs> That's a really long title, but we have <laughs> an expert sourcing material for us uh, who makes sure that she finds the best material that are the least harmful to the environment with the most recycled content uh, because that's really about trying to avoid new materials as much as possible 
and she makes sure that they are certified because that's a work in itself. Uh, we're not working with Asia right now. We're working with uh, European made. So that's third thing, sorry, third or fourth thing. I'm sort of losing track, but um, we're making sure that everything is made locally. Locally meaning Europe for now. So everything is sourced in Europe. Yeah. When we have, for example, recycled plastic bottles and a material, we know which beach area it's taken from. I think it's in, near Italy. Actually, actually, it's not the beach. We're, we're getting some recycled, uh, some trash basically recycled cycled into materials from uh, Germany and Italy. Oh, amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it, so all this takes a lot of time. And um, what else are we doing to make it sustainable? Uh, there's uh, at the end, you know, we don't encourage our consumer to buy too much of it. Uh, we make sure that uh, they, they just buy it for essential essential use and that the product is versatile. So they can use it for working out, but they don't feel ridiculous if they work it, if they wear it every, in everyday life. Um, and we're working now on the end of life. All our products are 100% recyclable wow. so we take them back at the end of life and uh we're going to make sure that the, their second life is uh is properly done so is through either giveaways through repair or through uh shredding and recycling uh there's still quite a bit of work to be done and we're also launching a subscription model where uh basically you pay per month you get lots of advantages like you can customize your, your product but most importantly uh we take care of making sure that your product lasts for the rest of your life again through uh, repairs customization replacement in case of problem and disposing um, of your your old product with uh, replacing it with a new one this is uh, very much a startup mindset so there's a lot of testing trying uh, there's a lot of being imperfect at the beginning in order to be perfect which is something that I've learned only recently I think as designers we have a lot of pressure to make things perfect and pressure is, is, is given to us by all the also commercial reality of um, of the business but with startups you learn that you can't get there straight away it's uh, it's like a mountain you have to climb yeah. you have to just get better and better and you have to try things and you have to be okay with failing a little bit um that's not the end of the world that failing is just you know uh, another step of the process so we're very flexible um another thing about circle is uh we're all freelancers meaning that uh we're experts and we have other ways of getting information and data from other clients which we, we bring to the table and it also means that everybody's much happier because they're they don't feel that the, this pro this project is the only thing that they have going for themselves uh we're very respectful of each other and collaborative which, which is very important um and uh yeah I'm, I'm starting to ramble there's lots of things to talk no, about no no it's, it's, no no it's really <laughs> interesting not only sort of different business model from a sort of consumer facing perspective but also sort of a from sort of a working practice from what you're saying mm -hmm. in terms of um, how you're all freelancers and you come together and you share information and use your own networks I guess and and, and yeah. you know it sounds it sounds uh, sort of very novel in, in terms of very in keeping with with where current climate's going with sort of working practices I would say yeah in terms and of it's actually, um, well we have a founder who called me uh, in uh, July last year so we're one year old yeah. he called me he actually wanted to start with shoes and, uh, and I said look if you're going to go on to this quest, I suggest that uh, you have a team of freelancers because it was something that I had in my mind for a long time. I was like, I've got a great apparel designer. I've got a great sustainability expert. I know a great footwear designer. And I said, make me creative director and we'll, I'll bring this team on to you and we'll make sure that not only you have a sustainable brand,
brand, but you have a brand because sustainability as a concept for a brand can only take you can, can only take you so far. You still need to be a brand that you know makes people lives better, bring you know a dream to people's life uh, because technically all future brands should be sustainable, right? In the near yeah. future, no, fingers right. crossed. Absolutely, it sounds it sounds very interesting. And is that actually launched already? Yeah. So yeah. the founder, uh, there's two founders, Romain and Alex. They they believed in this idea, and uh, we've been working for more than a year. So we started with crowdfunding. So it's only in France right now, and only in French. Uh, but we hope to expand to the UK in 2021. Um, and so we did a crowdfunding campaign in March, which was quite successful, yeah. and helped us uh, create our first production, which we delivered mostly by bicycles over the summer, with a little bit of delay with confinement and all these lovely things. Um, <laughs> And uh, in September, we launched a website, which I invite you to go see. Um, and uh, now we're launching in pre-order a new colorway of our women's outfit. And we're, we're always testing and trying new things out. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very exciting to be part of a project that is legitimately trying, honestly trying to, to do something well and at every level. No, I wish you um, all the best with that. Sounds amazing. So on the sort of flip side of that, talking about community and, and we were talking about freelance designers yeah. coming together. How, how important is community to your design process and practice, would you say? Uh, during these times or any time, um, you know, we have a job that's so competitive um, and, you know, there's a lot of luck involved. Um, we talked about it, you and I, last week. Like, um, you have to be the right creative at the right time and some people get the light uh, on them and others don't. And it's not a reflection of uh, your talent necessarily. It's, it's just a reflection of timing uh, a lot of the time. Yeah. So um, it's super important and it's been hard for me often because there was so much competition especially amongst women. Uh, and uh, I've always been somebody who wanted to like build a community of, of like-minded people. And I would say that in the last few years, I met uh, Daniel Bailey, Mr. Bailey from Concept Cakes. Yeah. And uh, thanks to him, we have a little community of independent designers and we share the same values. You know, it is a little bit competitive sometimes, but it doesn't mean that you cannot also support each other. And uh, during lockdown, we've had these Zoom calls and it's been very nice to be there for each other, be each other's cheerleaders and, and also support each other through the tough times. Also share tips, um, just be happy for other people's success. Um, so for mental health and just keeping the passion alive when you're having a tough time as well is, is very important. And I think if you're into sneakers and shoes and things like that, you are a little bit of a, of a strange animal. So it's important to have people <laughs> who understand that uh, around you. <laughs> no, it's an amazing platform. And I guess it's um, talked uh, previously about sort of localism and, and stuff like that. I guess it's, it's, it's a platform that has global reach in, in, in sort of pulling together designers from a global stage whether working at sort of big brands or, or people working independently um, yeah. so no that's a that's, that's a great thing to be part of I guess it's a bit of a sort of superpower now isn't it in, in having encompassing creativity culture community with everything that you do um, that, that's, that's that's at the forefront even with sort of brands in the way they sort of market themselves in communication 
Um, they're all yeah. trying to tap into this um, authentic way of, of, of how we, we live and think anyway as, as humans. Uh, yeah, it's true. I think it's it's tricky, though, because, you know, now also another thing that we have to worry about as independent designers is the amount of followers you have, you know, yeah. self-PR, self-branding. Uh, the amount of followers doesn't necessarily uh, reflect uh, that you are, a, you know, a commercially viable designer or an experience designer it reflects that you're a good marketer it's everything's a bit confusing and um i think and some people are very talented and really deserve uh you know the, the cloud that they have i'm not i'm not uh, uh, giving shade to anybody i'm just mm-hmm. uh, throwing shade to anybody uh, at anybody i i just think <laughs> it's very complicated and it can be uh disheartening sometimes because uh yeah it again there's so much luck involved and so i think community is very important and also in a way to connect uh, the younger generation who's entering the business and the, the more experienced uh, people such as yourself because I think uh, you know our careers are longer and we work and we all hit peaks and lows and uh, no matter where we are how experienced we are and I think keeping uh, a link between uh, all the different generations is very important or even building one because I don't think there is there is one so much because no. uh, we can all learn from each other absolutely um, and it's something I'm passionate about uh seeing how we can build more of that to be honest no i'm all for that and i think um definitely advocate that because i think it's all about sort of giving people a platform new hearing new ideas new voices with all individuals that have something to say i think this can be empowering for everyone to sort of move beyond where we are basically we're also dealing with this you know we have to self-promote and say i've designed this i've designed that but you and i know that for a shoot to come out in the market there is a huge amount of people involved yeah uh and so how do we uh, share the spotlight when something happens how do we work more collaboratively and celebrate successes uh more collaboratively it's still a little bit of a, a difficult gray area because if you promote yourself then you get rewarded for it so i'm still trying to navigate that personally because it's teamwork is very important to me and there is no better success than a team success you know uh, I think you're seeing a few signs of things I think when sort of new development comes up that's fairly disruptive or you're kind of seeing people credit PLM teams as well as sort of design teams yeah. um, which is quite interesting um, and then something I saw which I thought was really great which was Anta and Filing Pieces had sort of shown sort of transparency to their design teams in in terms of diversity and inclusion which is sort of a, yeah. a new thing i think veja have done it quite recently as well shown yeah, their sort yeah. of sort of global team and you know maybe that could become more part of a, a product's narrative in terms of provenance and where things and how things are designed um because yeah, i think sure. people want to know that for sure I totally agree. So with all that, I think, mm-hmm. where, where are you finding your most positive and creative inspirations through, through this period of isolation? And what are the top five, let's say, most interesting things that you have listened to or read recently? Oh. Um, so it's it's tough, you know, like I'm really taking it one day at a time. The positives is, you know, I it's it's time to sort of rest and, and reflect and and be patient. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but uh, what's good is, um, you know, online you can still connect with the community. Um, I've used the word cheerleading a lot, but I find myself, I, I like to be a cheerleader for the people I admire. Um, and I think it's important. It doesn't take a lot of energy to do that. Uh, I try to connect also online with uh, with creatives, well, such as yourself. Um, you know, if, if people are at home, they'll they'll be open. And I think it's, it's a way to meet new people through the industry. Yeah. Um, I uh, I'm just l learning, you know, things like baking and crafting, and just doing like at home things that keep me learning something new. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and uh, it's and, and also work a lot on being myself. For example, you know, doing a podcast like that, uh, you know that I was a bit nervous because I am <laughs> quite uh, outspoken and I like to say, like point out when things are not good so we can make them better. And uh, I'm always afraid of being perceived as negative, whereas I'm actually quite a, a positive person, um, if you know me. Um, no, I get, I, I, I yeah. get that. It's so, it's so refreshing. I'd like, no. No, it's brilliant. I mean, I think it makes uh, the conversation a lot more sort of engaging and I don't find yeah, you that exactly. way at all. No. Top five things is tricky. That's all right. But <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, I can make like Netflix recommendations. Uh, <laughs> I've been enjoying uh, a TV show called The Boys about superheroes uh, in a sort of realistic world. That pretty, that's pretty a, good. That's um, amazing. I listen yeah. to a podcast um, by some streetwear LA guys called Group Chat. It's a very LA point of view but uh i think they they have a good mix of popular culture um and you know they're into like streetwear so if you're into that that's good and uh they they post three times a week so it's a good way to sort of keep informed without getting too stressed out or negative uh what else do i do i i run i'm trying to keep up with my running practice uh that's a that's way good. to stay healthy yeah. uh, i sleep a lot uh trying to stay young and fresh <laughs> um but no i I, I don't really have any uh, particular tips on that. I'm, I'm just hanging in there like everybody. Yeah. And um, the main thing that I'm trying to do is figure out what's next for my career as I'm doing this big switch of like saying no more and saying and, and just being a bit more challenged, challenging the people who want to work with me more. So to make sure that we, we do projects that make sense. And uh, it's a big risk on my part. So I'm, I'm spending a lot of time trying to build a network of trust people that share my values yeah and and yeah just sort of stay positive and 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 rest whilst uh we got we have time to rest before the the world goes crazy again <laughs> no that sounds good <laughs> yeah oh, absolutely no that's really good that's a lot of that's a lot of kind of uh, inspiration rolled into one there i think the um outdoor influences is definitely a big one for me yeah. anyway personally like connection with outdoors reduced um connection with socially interacting with people it's so it's so much it's so more important to sort of go out and take a breath of fresh air and yeah and uh, walk the dog or whatever talk to people and also, in the street uh, like yeah. remember to see the extraordinary in the everyday in the ordinary yeah like looking at you know it's autumn the leaves the colors and uh sort of um that's something that as a designer also i've always been very interested in looking at the everyday like paper and tape and, and how you can make it extraordinary by putting you know 
on a shoe or giving it, uh, you know, sort of a second life or a, a new story that brings a little bit of magic in your life. And it might sound a bit cheesy, but no, not uh, at all. You know, we're we're stuck in our neighborhoods. Uh, you know, there's not that much to do, so you you have to maybe look at the buildings around you, look at the sky more, and sort of self entertain. I think also because of in, in the 2000 we didn't get flying cars and uh, we look at 2020 and it's like eh, you know technology is just us being addicted to our phones I think we're less imaginative than we've been before yeah. and any idea we have we think it has to be commercialized so I guess what I'm trying to do is remind myself of that childlike wonder that I used to have and just like you know entertain myself just by going for a walk and, and just having fun imagining things being a little bit silly and sort of almost enjoying my own company because at the end of the day that's kind of all we have but <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no. but I mean you know seeing the the extraordinary in the everyday is something I'm trying to do more no for sure I think social dynamics are definitely more important um, part of everyone's lives right now um, yeah. and keeping those things going I mean what do you think about businesses at the moment do you think they need to look at things a little bit differently in terms of the way they engage with consumers do you have like a personal ethos on this um, yeah I think businesses are starting to change uh not all of them but definitely you know anybody who's concerned about the new generation yeah. Uh, I think the brands have responsibility, more responsibilities than ever, and they are starting to be accountable. I mean, I think it's it's a slow process. You know, we're seeing, for example, diversity slowly, but, but surely, you know, entering the creative workforce, kind of like clawing its way, but, you know, it's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then, uh, as I said, like, I'm, as a business, I'm starting to change by saying no more, even if it's tough. Uh, you know, like leaving projects that don't feel right, uh, they know, uh, and being confident that another project that will feel right comes around. I'm trying to, I think there's more leading by example. Yeah. Uh, and it's very important because that's one sure way to uh, establish trust. Uh, but it's very tricky because brands that have no ethos still get away with with, uh, with selling, you know, shit product to people without them noticing. <laughs> Uh, but overall things seem to be going in the right direction it's a slow process and my ethos about this is again like remind myself of my values uh, both as a business and as a person what's very important for me are freedom you know I'm an independent because I like being free and I design products that help people be free through sneakers and backpacks in particular because they're just the accessories that allow you to to get your 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 stuff done you know um, and then as I talked about before, you know, respect, respect of people, respect of the process, you know, sometimes we want things to go faster than than they can, uh, or sometimes ideas will come at a certain pace, um, and respect of the planet, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I think uh, I... I personally will buy and work with brands that share these values and maybe teach me other values in return. Maybe no. I'm talking a bit cryptically, should I name some brands that i think are interesting yeah right now? no absolutely because i think where where there's a, a stronger sense of responsibility from what you were sort of saying with brands there's more of a hunger from consumers in terms of um, a level of authenticity and we're talking about sort of provenance the key factors to driving um people to, to purchase 
So yeah, yeah, name, name, name. Um, well, the the push is coming mostly from you know independent apparel brands. There's yeah. brands like Story MFG that you know make things slowly in a responsible way, and the stuff is really cool. It's very honest and transparent. Amazing. Uh, there's um, another designer. She's very small right now, but she's called Ksenia Telens. She's um, from Russia, and she tries to make things as sustainably as possible. She, uh, you know, watches out for the waste she makes. She makes also one-size-fits-all product. Uh, very clever. Uh, from a, a footwear standpoint, it's interesting to see how, you know, now comfort is taking over, and what we were calling the ugly footwear <laughs> is is starting to make sense. You know, now Crocs and Birkenstock, they're not called ugly anymore. They're, they just bring you joy and comfort, and they're being creative, and they're doing collaborations and uh, Birkenstocks in particular has always tried to be a brand that was respectful of uh, of the environment if I'm, if I'm correct yeah. or at least uh, as good as they could be so it's nice that you know buying shoes you know selling shoes that you're going to wear uh, is, is having a moment rather than just high heels that you only wear for a few hours also I'm very interested to see what the Adidas uh, X Allbirds is going to, to do uh, it's great mm. to see two huge brands collaborating on uh, making footwear more sustainable because there's a huge, huge problem. And uh, who else am I interested in? The brands that, in footwear, it's still very tricky. Uh, I think On Running is very interesting and they, mm -hmm. they, they brought out a subscription shoe and they've really upped their game and it's nice to see brands positive like that. But, uh, oh, that's I quite, should have prepared better to no, give you No, no, that's, that's great. I mm -hmm. mean, they're, they're quite interesting, the last two that you mentioned, because I guess they are products that have been produced to, to significantly produce low-carbon emission footwear, like yeah. rev revolutionary, like the most lowest emission-driven um, sort of product to date, I think, Adidas and Allbirds um, shoe was. So that's it's, that's quite interesting that you put those two, obviously. with. I think it's very interesting because the huge opportunity with sustainability is communicating about sustainability sustainability nobody really knows how to make it fun and engaging it's either uh shortened because and so kind of taken out of context and can be seen as greenwashing but it's just trying to uh, shorten complex ideas to educate people about sustainability or it's too complete and it can be a little bit boring uh and i think albert is really trying to make sustainability digestible and entertaining uh which i think is great with the whole carbon uh countdown sort of thing yeah uh and there's also veja of course uh you know i'm french and uh i think with veja they've been around for i think 15 years now uh and uh they they it's interesting to see that now you go to sneakers and stuff and veja is at the forefront yeah no. uh, and so that's a clear show that consumers are starting to to notice uh and and respect brands that are trying to do things better yeah so that's very exciting important to actually just thinking about this so with sort of brands that you talk to or sort of um engage with what what's the appetite at the moment for sort of introducing more sustainable practices i mean i i've definitely got a mix had a mixed reaction to that for you how has that been people open um, to it or they're like maybe not now because it's too expensive so or it's very tricky um i think there is a, a very old school mentality of brands especially when they're made in europe because you know that if you're made in europe 
the product is is made there's rules to make sure that there's not too much pollution done so they're already pretty strict so they're not really some brand, some countries some brands just aren't interested in sustainability yet and it, it's it's very polarized on the other end you have a big part of the industry who is just making change after change uh, personally it's more startups that are interested they're just like we're not happy with what's happening in the world right now yeah and we feel that we can have a real impact by sort of starting from scratch because we can be more flexible and I think there's also this freedom of being a little bit more idealistic uh, you know how complicated shoes are to do so it's hard to come to a big brand and tell them hey you need to change everything uh, <laughs> it's going to scare everybody uh, so I think there's a lot of politics involved uh, for brands to change uh, there's also a lot of pressure from shareholders yeah. so you know maybe shareholders also have to understand that the there there's a planet that um, needs to exist so uh, I I think we are just on we are in the moment of change right Nazi. and some people are the forefront of it it's half and half as you said and a lot of people are also uh, behind and also unfortunately I think all these startups are going to start revolutionizing things and the the big dogs may buy them out and and take over maybe they're just waiting for the solutions to to come pre-packaged for them I I don't know but I don't really have an answer I I think it's very make yeah um, and uh, also no it's there are some big brands who are wanting a change uh, they don't know how to go about it because maybe they have a new CEO or a new creative director and it again it takes time for them to update the culture yeah. uh, but there's definitely an awareness everywhere no absolutely oh, that's interesting I always ask this for my sort of final question and I think you've imparted some great sort of insights and views for people to sort of take away what would your call to action be for all designers and thinkers in generating design to enable a more social and sustainable future? Um, well, I've actually written these down because it's very important. Um, <laughs> I think it's important to share the information. I understand it's a good marketing strategy, but uh, we need to be more collaborative. And, you know, the more you give, usually the more you give back, maybe not straight away. Uh, but I think it's time to just be a little bit more generous. Um, another thing is when you work with people, try to ha ask the hard questions. Uh, it's difficult but you can say it in a nice way in an inquisitive way you know what are your sustainability practices or you know how do you tackle it or are you interested in improving it when you work with um, suppliers you know if they say something is equal ask them why try dig a little bit um, it's not easy it takes practice but it's the moment to do it uh, because the more they get those questions the more they're going to have to be like okay like this is really something we need to work on because there is a market for it so you really sort of also enhance the business opportunity, uh, which seems to be the, the one way to motivate everybody. Um, remember, sustainability is a step-by-step -step process. Okay, not to be perfect right away. You know, it, there's this thing like it's a lot of people doing sustainability imperfectly rather than a few people doing it perfectly. And then I think it's okay to try to reach out to people that you think are doing, you know, are making movements towards sustainability. Uh, don't be offended if people don't have time to reply to you it's never personal it's just people have limited time it's but it's, it's good to try and reach out uh don't give up because it's a difficult industry especially with shoes you know uh so um and then if you have to make hard decisions like for example what i'm going through saying no more than ever i have before i mean i'm in a privileged position to be able to say no um but it is a tough decision but it feels right i'm, I'm doing the right thing and i believe it's going to pay off and it usually does so so uh, 
uh, don't be afraid to make hard decisions if they feel right with you and your values. Uh, and talking about values, think about what you value, you know, why are you a designer? What, you know, and, uh, and how do you want to make the world a better place? Usually that's why we're designers. Otherwise you're an artist and you're just making art. When you're a designer, you're making things for other people. So you usually want to spread some joy, you know? No, it's a, um, it's a great time to be a designer, isn't it? There's so many problems to solve. Yeah. In it's true and and always this you know mix of solving problems and and bringing some storytelling and and being a bit poetic i think you know it's not mutually exclusive and uh, finally like listen you know and collaborate and cheer for other people uh you know there's room for everybody even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it i really believe that there's room for everybody and again like uh, a team win is much more fun than an individual win uh so yeah so spread the love is what i will say <laughs> no that's fantastic advice that's really really good i particularly like the bit about sort of tenacity and keeping going and being persistent and not giving up because it can be a very tough industry and um, yeah. some graduates i have had the pleasure to sort of uh, interact with found that particular part quite hard in terms of the current it's climate tough, man. yeah that's that's great that's great advice and i think it's important to tell them like it's okay if it's tough it happens to everybody yeah like i don't think anybody in the industry just goes through a smooth you know upward career they may seem like it but usually the people who are successful they've worked very hard and behind the scenes they've been made tough decisions and it's important you know to share that uh, not you know not all the great jobs turned out to be as great as you wanted sometimes it's the smaller project that will bring you the most fulfillment it's mm -hmm. very exciting i think all of it but yeah tenacity is really the ongoing sort of advice that everybody tells to somebody who wants to enter the footwear industry so i agree <laughs> <Yeah>. with you <laughs> no that's absolutely amazing thank you uh if you've got relentless positivity and upbeat energy and i'm sure with this era that we're all faced with when we have sort of different challenges some seeming more uh, insurmountable than others i'm sure this talk will be really really beneficial uh for for people listening so thanks for sharing your, your experiences Celine. that's i hope so been, been i would just finish also by saying that you know if you've chosen to to be in footwear it's because you you have a passion you have a fire in you and it can be difficult you know we haven't talked about uh you know how i got certain of the jobs but i got lots of no's before I got yeses. Uh, before I worked at Louis Vuitton, I was told I would never work in fashion by the Louis Vuitton recruiter. And three years later, <laughs> I got a job wow. uh, there. So, uh, you know, because I really care about people coming out from school. I, I get lots of emails, especially right now, because it's very tough. Yeah. And uh, make sure that you you express your personality. Remember, your portfolio is never finished. Uh, keep doing projects. Keep drawing. Keep expressing yourself or, or making things. Uh, and it will pay off. And it's okay to have days where you're not feeling so great. Then the next day will be a better day, you know. That's great. That's great advice to part on. So thank yeah. you very much for taking part. And um, yeah, all the best with your future endeavours. It all sounds very interesting. I'll be keeping a close eye on um, Circle Sportswear. And like, likewise with you. I mean, thank you for uh, giving me a, a chance to speak. And it was great meeting you. I hope we talk again soon. Yeah, sure we will. Oh. Oh. Oh.